HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. Today is Tuesday, March 13th, 2018, and this is a historic day. Uh, we built the show around the greatness of Bushwick and the nightlife community that's been out here in honor of our, our friend and city council member, Rafael Espinal. Rafael, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jimmy. Uh, it's been a really big week. We put together uh, special guests like uh, Brandon Hoy, the owner of Roberta's Pizza. Jimmy. How are you, How buddy? How buddy? And uh, one of our favorite breweries out in this area, KCBC. You got Zach and Pete. Oh, hello. All right. What's up? And some more of the cu- cultural diversity. Joel, who just reopened the sampler in, uh, on Star Street. What's up? What's up? Shout out to my partners, Leo, Tomeo, and Richard Mercado. <laughs> and a special friend who came from Toronto just to be in Bushwick tonight. Uh, the owner brewer of Godspeed, Luke Beam. Nice to be here, Jimmy. My good buddy who has uh, worked at Duda Ciel a long time in Montreal. So, Raphael, the, the show's about you. Um, we're so proud of the work you did. You know, you helped create the nightlife office, but you've also brought awareness to the DIY scene and, and nightlife in general out, out in Bushwick. And we're based here at Heritage Radio Network. We're based at Roberta's, the heart of Bushwick. Just give us a backstory on, you know, how you came up with the nightlife office and, you know, the, the different... What do you call them? Partners or you know influences that you have to balance when you're doing something like that. Um, well, I created the office um, back in September, uh, and it was my way of finding and striking a balance—a way where city and local businesses can work together to understand the importance of the the cultural capital that these venues produce for our city um, and. For the past, I would say, 10, 15 years, we have seen a lot of our favorite venues and places close their doors. And I saw it as an emergency. I thought it was time that we stepped up and did something because these are the same venues that produce that capital that really attract everyone to want to live and move here, right? The reason artists live here, the reason entrepreneurs move here is because New York City is known as a city that never sleeps, the city of opportunity. And the city wasn't really playing that role and giving them the helping hand to keep their doors open. Instead, they were slamming them with fines and finding reasons to declare them a nuisance instead of seeing them as a value to the communities. Well, cheers and congratulations on what you've done. I know last week you got the nightmare was announced, and that was big news in New York. But, you know, Brandon Hoy, Roberta's Pizza, you guys were pioneers out here. Uh, you know, talk about DIY. You, what did you do? You took over an old garage. This is the spirit of Bushwick, and to me it's the spirit of New York, and that's why I'm so proud of uh, what, what Councilmember Espinal has done. Right, and, 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 you know, we couldn't have done a lot of this stuff without people like Raphael, and he's been, he's been like, a great advocate of ours and a friend of, of Roberta's for, for as long as we've been here. And, and it's important to have that kind of, like, back-end advocation for, 
for pushing forward. And, and, and you know, the fines and all, all the money that goes into it is needed, right? Like there has to be, there has to be some, some money from our end going back to, to create the like, uh, you know, some economic stability and some infrastructure for all this stuff. But the, but the process and the way that they were going about getting it was, was more detrimental to the like growth of small businesses than it was helping. And I think, I think there just wasn't a, a really solid line of communication be- between like the bureaucracy and what it needed and what the small businesses in the bar and uh, hospitality and nightlife really, really needed to function. So it's fine. We, I think everybody understands that, that when you go into business like this, the government's your partner. And like you just accept that as a fact that like that that's going to happen. And part of the money you make is going to have to go back into to doing things to, to make sure that, that you're safe. This is an environment of oh, God forbid a fire happens. People are safe. The safety of, of patrons, all that stuff is embedded and, and there needs to happen. Right. But at the same time. It doesn't have to feel like there's an, an animosity between the two groups. Like, like we're here trying to do what we do, and, and and you're trying to push us down, right? And I think like what, what Raphael's trying to do is just open the lines of communication between both sides to say, hey, we're good for New York. What we do is good for New York, and and we can we can have a positive communication amongst each other that that's more positive, and and, and that that'll be fruitful and allow other people and, and and more importantly allow people who have been here for a long time to establish real fundamental establishments that last for for not just the the extension of their lease but for for 10 20 years those are the kind of establishments that really like um, like bring culture and community into a neighborhood. Um, you know, we've been here for 10 years and would like to be here for 40 years. And, and I think like the difference between 10 years and year 40 is a huge difference that the like communal and, and, and just economical benefits for that, for, Brandon, for our community. It's, it, it's crazy that you're thinking that way. That's the way people used to always think when they started a business was the longevity. And, you know, so much of the city is about places. The lease is expired. Uh, costs are going up. Um, Raphael, you know, a little more about changes that have happened, uh, other, you know, some of the DIY spaces that inspire you, that, that you really care about. Yeah, I mean, I just have to say, it's, it's always inspiring to hear Brandon. I wish he was the nightlife mayor, you know, just, just hear his stories and talking about uh, the need for that relationship between the city and, and the businesses. And also just getting that, you know, the importance of, of the longevity of these businesses, you know. Again, the longevity is what helps build the brand, right? And we know New York City, or people look at New York City and you, what you think? You think, oh, you know, CBGBs, you think Studio 54, all these old iconic places. I think Roberta's has for the past ten years been doing that same work and building that brand and being and being uh, an integral part of the city's identity as well. So it's encouraging to hear him say that he wants to be around for forty years, and I look forward to, to helping him with and, that. And I look at happen. places like cat. I look at places like cats, right, which is like very inspiring mm-hmm. to me, and and like and like and even like juniors and places like that that really like that really were like the you know. They, they were the big Lebowski rug, right? They, like, pulled the neighborhood together. They were, like, that piece that just sat in the middle that, like, connected, that was, the, that was like, the, the fabric that connected a community that people felt like that was a gathering spot or the watering hole for people in their community to get together and, like, you know, like, just rub elbows and and just like get together and and talk about life and and this this neighborhood started off you know as a very like inspirational cultural art it was just filled with artists musicians just there was just a really cool young vibe and and like there there has to be that place where all those people can like come together and like let off some steam and talk to each other and inspire each other and that's that's what we always wanted to be here no and you and you've done it and let's just we're just just kind of including everybody in the beginning of the show. So uh, Zach and Pete, you know, jumping forward in recent years, things like breweries, distilleries, you know, have been the, the new developments for nightlife in, in, in the city. You want to talk a little about the process of opening uh, in Bushwick? Um, and then well, Pete, you tell all, us about all, the beer we're drinking, too. <laughs> we all we all go to sleep at night. We work we work a lot during the day. But um, uh, for us, it was it was um, you know we looked for for real estate for God it felt like forever in our startup process and uh, kind of kept coming back to Bushwick for a lot of reasons um, 
the history here of, of, of manufacturing, of brewing, honestly, if you go back way back to the 1900s, that's where, you know, 10% of all the beer in the United States was made in North Brooklyn, you know, and that was, Bushwick was a big part of that. And so um, the zoning was right. Um, we found a great landlord, which is pretty rare in New York, honestly. And um, uh, we were able to kind of secure the space and it just felt like a great fit for us. And honestly, the community has been so welcoming to us. Um, having people like Roberta's, these guys are down here who have kind of like blazed the trail and, and um, kind of um, created some, 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 you know, um, really world-class food and, and kind of like community. And for us to feel like, you know, we can, we can look up to that. We can, we can, uh, we can get beer over here. They're partners with us. They're great about, you know, supporting us and, and all the local community. And for us to be able to give back to that has been really fun. You know, um, it's, it's really, it's an awesome place to, to, to be, to be working, uh, to be making beer. Um, you know, our tap room is now open seven days a week. Um, we have a good group of people, locals, regulars, people who tourists who come from out of town, visit us. Um, you know, the beer scene in New York city has grown a lot in the last, you know, five years. It's changed dramatically in a good way. Um, it's continuing to expand. Um, and I, we've, we're, you know, I think we're lucky to be part of that. You know, I think it helps that you guys make a really good product too. <laughs> I, it, re, it really it does. does though. Like, it's actually making is so much easier when the fucking <laughs> right. Man it's easier has to get behind it. And the liquid <laughs> is solid. Right, because it's like you could have friends and they could be doing something, but when they're doing something and it's really good, <laughs> yeah, it's like really easy to get behind it. Because it, cheers, cause, to, yeah, cause, cause, you know, yeah, cheers yeah, to Casey Beasley. Yeah. Quick, cheers Pete. Uh, what is this beer, man? It's so good. This is chaos and convenience. It's a 5.2 ABV rye lager with jasmine green tea. So good. Yeah. yeah, and chaos and convenience, incidentally, is my uh, ex-girlfriend's descriptor for New York City. <laughs> <laughs> sort of sums up the city in a lot of ways. It, it really is a lot of both of those things, in Bushwick in particular, you know? Absolutely. That's great. Well, try, part of our show is getting everyone introduced before we get too deep. And uh, Joel, you know, you, you're, you're kind of the new Bushwick where you, you reopen, sampler new Brooklyn, and old, whatever. Like, <laughs> I was literally five walking down the block looking at burned down houses and fucking destroyed neighborhoods and <laughs> people I didn't know why were they standing on that corner and like to be at this point it's pretty awesome that I could literally go around the corner to Wyckoff and get like a dank IPA or like a easy drinking lager and I think like the community has really gone up but it's also about the old community and making them feel welcome like a lot of people are still here and they feel uncomfortable when these new spots are like not their aesthetic or not welcoming them because they're people of color or things of that sort. So our whole mission statement is literally introducing people. 80% of our clientele doesn't know anything about craft beer. And it's about not having an attitude with that person and like telling them about the culture behind beer and saying like, hey, we grew up here too, showing them the art and then new people welcoming them in and saying this neighborhood was this way. And like, this is what we're trying to do. And this is what good beer is. And just like fusing all that. So that's why we highlight all five boroughs, all city ales and lagers, just like, the movement of graffiti and hip-hop and DJing and rapping and dance, all that is what we're trying to bring full circle with, like, even metal and punk and skate culture. So that, that sums it up for uh, <laughs> what we do. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, though. It's cool, though, because that's, like, that's like really, really the, like, biggest thing is, like, try, like you don't want to come into a place... And just like take over and exactly. fill it, fill it with like right. w whatever you, right. you, you you you're not like 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 gentrification just in general, right? Exactly. There, there's there's a difference between like enhancing a neighborhood and bringing amenities to a neighborhood and like understand like you you need to be accepting to the people who were there before no. you and 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 not, not even accepting that's even actually a bad word yeah. <laughs> it, it, they it, trapped it, out like, here for they yeah. kept this but place but embracing but embracing embracing of like the tradition uh, of like of bushwick's past and like yeah. and like the the mm -hmm. like need to understand and be educated about like wh where this how 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 we got to where we are and even going back to to what he said that th this was brewer lane man mm, this was exactly. this was this was america's Germany. the center of brewing in america was right here Seven and that and, and, block and, and that so like came and went it's one thing you guys are all saying in sense that the city is always changing too and we have exactly. to keep up with it um for rafael if you know everything these guys are saying i mean you, you also have to find a balance right with the nightlife office with 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 clubs and everything you know how do you go about that i mean 
I think the balance comes down to how the city decides to respond to a lot of the issues, right? Um, right now, uh, the, 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 the city believes that enforcement is the best way to go. And I think that if, you're, if enforcement is your only reaction, you're probably um, too late in figuring out what's the best way to move forward, right? So the Office of Nightlife's like, main goal is to figure out how do we manage for the future? How do we look at uh, development in a way where we can incorporate nightlife and businesses and manufacturing into the conversation instead of just thinking of building housing? Um, you know, just having conversations with uh, business owners. One of the main issues that they always see is that people, when new buildings come up, the 301 complaints that come in that lead to enforcement, um, uh, come up because of the new development without taking into account that there was an existing business in place. Roberta's has told me many stories about about their situations and, and I've heard across the city. So it's about finding that balance, making the, the community understand the importance of, of these businesses, um, figuring out how, how the businesses can embrace the community and also the communities can embrace the businesses that are around them as well. No, that's a great attitude. Um, you know, Luke, you're visiting us from Canada, man. You know, you, to you, you're the star on my show. I love the beer I used to make at Dude to Seattle. I know you're in Japan. You know, coming to Bushwick, you know, from Toronto, I mean, how does it feel to you? Is there a good nightlife in Toronto? Do you feel like Bushwick is a special place? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, listening to you guys, um, you know, we have a, you know, Toronto wants to be the next New York, right? <laughs> in a way. Um, yeah, I, I opened a brewery in um on the east side of Toronto, it's you know it's uh, it's kind of probably upcoming area. Um, very uh, you know I've been hearing similar stories. Uh, uh, you know for, from from you guys. I mean what what I what I live. You know uh, right now. I mean. Um, Cheers. This new beer is dank, <laughs> George. Yeah. 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 I'm not and, quiet like you. Yeah. 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 More beers, yeah. more beers. No, you know, um, you know I, I used to have a 11-8, uh, you know, relation with politics, and now everything changed since I opened. Uh, well, before I opened, like, my counselor, uh, you know, if if she was not there, I'd probably not be open yet. You know, she's been, she's been amazing. I mean, she's been there every day texting me, you know, calling me dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, the mayor came to my opening on the, I opened uh, July 1st, uh, Canada Day, 150th anniversary of Canada. And the mayor of Toronto came to my brewery to congratulate me, you know. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, like the politicians are really, um, really, trying to to help like the the small businesses in the craft craft beer uh, movement in Toronto which is kind of I yeah been, you know Rafa, that, that's like one thing I, I hope that the office can do because there was one time uh, when mayor Bloomberg was the mayor we, we did a thing called July Good Beer Month and five years in a row he issued proclamations that July is New York City Good Beer Month and he even put words like suds <laughs> he had some fun with it, or his team did and uh, we hope that, like, the city can recognize things like New York City Beer Week and, you know, club openings and things like that. I mean, do you see that, that that's where the nightlife office might go? No, of course. It's all about culture and, and figuring out ways where the city can play an active role in, in being supportive of it. Uh, it's funny that, we, you know, we have uh, some of these brewers here. There was actually, I actually had a conversation just a few weeks ago about how can we include the breweries into the office of nightlife. <laughs> uh, so there, there is this um, recognition of the, the work the breweries have been doing for our city and, and the growth of it and just mm -hmm. trying to figure out a way where we can include them to the overall conversation of nightlife as a whole. Yeah. Great. We're going to awesome. take a, a short break. We'll be right back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Hey, welcome back to the craziest beer sessions radio episode ever. We're talking about Bushwick oh. and nightlife. All right, Brandon Hoy, Roberta's. I just heard you on the ad. 
Yeah. I love that ad. I don't even know what it said. I don't have my earpieces in here, but uh, I'm sure it was good. I'm sure so it was we're like, crazy. We are reaping the benefits and celebrating with Council Member Rafael yeah. Espinal for the new nightlife office, nightlife mayor in New York City. You know, one of the things that, that I think Raphael did that was, that was really impactful was... Um, like urban planning was always retroactive, right? Urban planning was always like an oh shit measure. It was like, oh shit, this is happening to this neighborhood. How do we fix it? And I think like the the what what's coming out of this as positive as a proactive look towards how you can make a neighborhood, how you could grow and develop a neighborhood and like thinking about like what what things need to happen. And and one of the big problems we had was was we caused it on ourselves, right? We opened this and it became incredibly popular. Then in turn, the neighborhood became incredibly popular. Then in turn, rental rates went through the roof. Now my neighbors pay an exorbitant amount of money to live here and they don't want to listen to me. Mm -hmm. And like, and though they came here because we created a cultural like like mm -hmm. centerpiece for, for them to, to have amenities in a, in a manufacturing neighborhood, now they're like, well, I pay $4,000 for a two-bedroom apartment, like I really don't want to hear your like music at ten o'clock, mm -hmm. and and it and like and I think that's the kind of urban planning that needs that you need to be proactive, and so in developing of new new neighborhoods, there needs to be a conversation. So like as you're building these these expensive loft studios and all of this stuff, there needs to be an understanding that businesses existed here before us, and as we moved in, we understood it. We were very cognizant of the Wonton Factory, <laughs> Martin Greenfield. Exactly. Boar's Head, mm -hmm. all the people who were here 20 years before us, they were our neighbors. And, and when we got here, we were like on our knees being like, what can we do to mm -hmm. like help you like make this better? And I, and, and I think that that's like the important thing to take away from this is that Raphael's just trying to create this line of communication for people to just make the development of a neighborhood easier and, and, and just more accessible. So, so you know that like you understand that that a neighborhood isn't just built on places to live it also mm -hmm. has to have the laundry mat exactly. it has to have the that is so beautiful store. that you say that literally because like you get people that move into the neighborhood and complain like someone was talking in front of my window like motherfucker someone died in front of my window yeah totally five or ten years ago like you're lucky someone's just talking and I respect what you're saying like I just want to let's you a just shout toast out. this this dank beer hold on <laughs> quick back to the beer Pete, what's beer. this Beer. More dank beer. Yeah, please. Nah, please. More dank beer. We've, sorry, Katie dank, and Liz. Uh, uh, in the very sour. It's dank and drink. Right yeah, here. this it's, is a uh, collaboration with Prison City out of Auburn, New York, and it's a hibiscus honey. Double I was there IPA. that day, wasn't I? That's right. I walked over to Casey, <laughs> yeah. and that's one thing I want to say. Steer us <laughs> back to this whole thing about you know, Brandon. When you said being in business for forty years would be like a juniors, I forgot that that's an important part of business and community. And, you know, when I think of your guys' places, it's, you're like landmarks. Like, you know, I'm from the country, so you know there's that tall mountain. That's where you're going. Well, when I go to Jefferson Stop on the L train, I want to go. I know, I know where KCBC is. I know it's welcoming. Now I know that, that Joel's at the sample right on Star Street. Corner. Yeah. <laughs> the same thing here. Roberta's, it's always like go to Morgan Stop, go to Roberta's. The only time I ever came here for years was because of it. But I want, if you want to say something about that, Raphael, the importance of like these places becoming institutions for the neighborhoods for the good of everybody no super important again it's, it's about um creating identity and creating uh, the culture i mean I, don't, I can't say it enough right uh how do you become part of the city's fabric and the fact that you have business owners who want to become the part of the city's fabric because they want to contribute uh to again the cultural capital or what the city's producing we'd love to I be here for 100 years those it's are cool. the those are the people you want to support those are the people you want to get behind of and that's what you want the office of nightlife focusing on instead of seeing businesses as a nuisance seeing them as a contributor to the overall um, ecosystem of how the city operates and works. And then, I kind of look at it like, it like like a neighborhood is not very much different than a hotel. Mm -hmm. Right? What what does a hotel need? Like you need the, you need turn down service, you want a pool, like you want there to be like <laughs> nice soap in the like you, like it's amenities, right? And you don't you don't like choose a hotel just because it has like a nice bed or it's the place to stay. Brandon's good, he talks you, with his hands you, too. You want, like yeah. On radio. <laughs> I do. You want you want all you like you you need amenities. 
90s. Like you move into a neighborhood. Can't even hold or a beer. neighborhood's appealing He's because it has here. amenities. It has things that are great that people want. And 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 people move to New York because they want nightlife. And like the bar and nightlife and, and hospitality industry is such a deep, rich part of new york the fabric uh, you know of, of of new york culture and it always has been and and it is why the city never sleeps and it is what makes it great and cultural yeah, and listen I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest my, my biggest heroes in through my 20s were all these guys who own these restaurants and bars and i'll tell you why i grew up in east new york one of the most disinvested neighborhoods in the city of New York. I had no place to eat. I had no go, no place to go out and have a good time. Uh, and I had to leave my community to go to Williamsburg, to go to my favorite dive bar, to go to my favorite music venue. I went to Bushwick to go eat Roberta's every day because that's what I enjoyed doing, but I couldn't do it at home. So, you know, just the fact that, you know, to recognize that these businesses do create a space where community can come together, community can feel safe where with their families or with their friends, and be able to express who they are and enjoy their time together. I think it's important for every community to have that, and that's why businesses like Roberta's and, and these big venues are, are important to every single neighborhood. Rafael, when you talk about when you were younger, are you 21 yet? <laughs> Is this 30, 33, I'm my Jesus here. Hey, hey. Cheers to that guy. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, cheers to everybody. This is a really fun show so far. Yeah. And yeah, we're trying man. to tackle some deep issues. but We do. We got some more. It's definitely what he's saying. Like, like, I remember growing up in the Bronx and like having Bronx Underground and First Lutheran Church and Ambits. And like you look at the Bronx and you go, oh, that's fucking a borough where there's hip hop. No, we literally grew up on metal, ska, progressive rock. And like because of those venues, because of those bars that we couldn't drink at, but we're throwing these things, they kind of helped us find community and like an alternative to whatever else is being offered on the street which isn't always positive. But diversity touches everybody, right? Diversity is a d- diversity is a tool that no matter what what race, creed, color you are, it touches everybody. And diversity is a d- diversity is an important thing for all cultures. So so even when you even if you go into a neighborhood that's that's predominantly Latino and you're doing something different, like as long as you're accessible and understanding mm-hmm. and accepting, like you your what you're doing is is for the good of everything. Take some time to introduce your brand and talk about what you're offering, why your beers is expensive, why the alcohol is a little higher, why you're investing $72 on a case of beer, $110 on a case of beer. Like the, the program that you guys are running and I'm running and they're running, like it's literally expensive, but we're doing it. We're making that sacrifice because we love this but, shit. But it's expensive for a reason, right? right. Yeah, like, exactly. Like oh, yeah. good, thing, good things cost money. Yeah. They, like <laughs> it's not like there's somebody on the other end who's like driving a Ferrari. No. It's expensive to make good things. You could be doing PBR things. buckets if you want and make also, like twice also, the money. Also, New York is expensive, man. It sure is. Oh, it is. It doesn't, yeah, it hasn't gotten cheaper, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, let's move this on to more nightlife. So the other thing about the nightlife office and the whole aspect of nightlife, especially in context of you know new developments and housing, you know, is nightlife good for New York? You know, and, and how, how, you, how can you recognize that that's a thriving part of our city that people like all of us care about? I mean, is water good for a plant? I mean, <laughs> wait. Say that one more time. Is water good for a plant? Nightlife is 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 important for cities. You know, you go to cities that are aging, where you have the government complaining about how they have an aging population. You look at their nightlife. You can see why that's the case, right? No one, young people do not want to go to a place where they don't have access uh, to a bar where they can listen to music, a restaurant where they eat some good food, and that's all essential in order to uh, give the city um, an interesting aspect or an aspect where creativity can flow and be created. That's great. How do you meet your wife, your future wife, if you don't have anywhere to go? You yeah. know, church. <laughs> and then Pete, you, you know, you guys. I went over to KCBC. Let's talk about this beer because that's a big part of what, what's happening in Bushwick. I remember when Brooklyn Brewery decided to not move out of the, out of Williamsburg mm-hmm. and reinvested in Williamsburg, and suddenly every brewer from around the world that was flying into New York City would stop by, see Garrett Oliver, and make a batch of beer. I was at KCBC three weeks ago during Beer Week, and I walked in, and you had Prison City from upstate, and you had Pure Project from San Diego there. It was unbelievable. So th- and now we're drinking a beer from, from that, that collaboration, Yeah, I right? mean, New York City is an international city, so we definitely get a lot of traffic. We've got a brewer from the U.K. at the brewery right now. Um, we've been over to the U.K. and made five collaborations I've been down to uh, Costa Rica, 
going to Argentina and Brazil to make beer, um, all across the country. Germany. Germany, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're, we're paying a premium to be here, no doubt it, uh, no doubt about it, but uh, we're in the spotlight, so it's good. It kind of has paybacks for that. Um, Tell us more about the beer again. You made it with Prison City. Yeah, this is Prison City, Prison like City Collab. It's, is this dank, Joa? It's a double IPA. Yeah. It's a dank. This is pretty dank, and they use hibiscus to give it this beautiful ruby red color. And I'm like, why is this shit red? <laughs> is it? Citra? And I'm like, oh, let me look at the can. And you it's know what? Amazing. The only reason Brandon's on the show is because he really—he's probably the biggest beer fan here. Oh uh, yeah, and I love beer. You like this one? Uh, yeah. Rafael, uh, you like beer too, don't you? Oh, I love beer. He yeah. loves New York it's City amazing. beer. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> this is a uh, what is it? Twenty or forty pounds? Forty, 40, 40 pounds, pounds of hibiscus. Hibiscus, so it, which is very acidic. It's almost tart. And it, and it comes across almost like um, grapefruit. Mm-hmm. It looks it's, like uh, grapefruit. It's got that tartness, a little bit of pithiness, mm-hmm. and it dropped the pH a full point. It's got a wonderful color to it. And then we kind of softened that with some basswood honey. And then it's got citra, lemon drop, and uh, Equinot. Equinot hops Equinot. Nice. at 8.2%. Oh, you know, all the all other, very, I want to, very, very tropical, fruity, lemony. I want to get Luke back on because Luke is one of my favorite brewers. On. He's from, you know, originally from Dude to Seattle, Montreal. When you were first, you know, when we first met, the early days, craft beer, even 10 years ago, due to Seattle coming to New York City was rare. You stood out. There were only like four breweries in the city. Now, you know, there's almost 30, there's 30 breweries in the city. Have you got a chance to check out the, the craft beer scene here um, in your short visit? Yeah. No, no. Well, yeah, I went to uh, Fifth, Fifth Hammer mm-hmm. today and, uh, and you guys. The Queens and KCBC. Uh, KCBC. Yeah, KCBC. And yeah, that's about it. You know, I'm here for 24 hours, so uh, I have a tight, tight schedule. But uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, it seems like it's growing a lot. I mean, you know, five years ago, like you were saying, it's there's not much happening. And I always wonder, you know, the reason why I'm in Toronto too, because you know, Toronto is the fourth biggest city in North America. Uh, people don't know that, I guess. That but, was news um, to me. Did you know that, Rafael? Uh, I didn't yeah. know. And, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, nothing was happening uh, in Toronto. And this, don't tell Drake that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you Drake know, happened I, to Toronto. So, and, uh, you know, after after Jude Seal, I went to Japan. I opened a brewery in Japan, and I when I decided to come back in in Canada, I say, hey, Toronto is the land of opportunity. There's nothing here. And I thought I was smart, and now it's they're popping everywhere. <laughs> it's a little bit like here, I guess. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then yeah. for Zach, for you, you and Pete. I mean, being here in in Bushwick in New York City, having these different brewers stop by and say hi, it must be a real thrill for you, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, you know, we love, you know, we love visitors, we love traveling, we love collaborations. We talk about our our collective. The kick, the seeing in KCBC is at the end is Kings County Brewers Collective, and. You know, for us, that means um, the three of us, Tony, uh, our third partner, and, and Pete and I all collaborating, uh, doing, doing um, you know, kind of like feeding off of each other, um, coming up with new ideas, sharing that kind of creativity, um, and doing that with other breweries or non-brewers, you know, people from the neighborhood. Or sampler. The Sampler. We did a cool beer with these guys for... Uh, for beer week, um, that wait, was, when's the Roberta's beer? Uh, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. We should totally do one. I, I think. I think you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. And Brandon, you've done a great job. You, you've got a Brooklyn Brewery Roberta's Lager. Yeah, I, I think our first one was with with uh, with Shane at uh, Six Point, and then we've done we've done Brooklyn Brewery LIC. Mm. Um, the Pizzagate beer. Yeah, Pizzagate. Pizzagate, yeah. Yeah, right that was on. controversial. That <laughs> <laughs> sure was. It still is to this day. Anyway, we'll take, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more with Rafael about the other cities that are influencing New York that we can influence in the nightlife scene on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. All right. Woo. Like what you hear? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. With fresh programming every week, we've got something for everyone. Trying to start your own food business? Concerned about where your food comes from? Looking for the best wine or beer to bring to a party? Find our shows on iTunes or Stitcher, or head to heritageradionetwork.org to listen live and subscribe to our newsletter. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, check us out, heritageradionetwork.org. And this show tonight is about Bushwick. 
HRN opened what nine years ago in Bushwick in the heart of uh, Burr's Pizza. So Raphael's got a question about uh, all the breweries in New York City. I, I'm I'm just baffled. You know, I, I, a lot of the craft beers I drank were from Portland, and now I feel like New York City all of a sudden has become like the place to drink beer at. I'm I'm wondering what what's what's the what's the interest in New York City. Um, well, there's, uh, there's a couple of things. One, there's a lot of people here. Um, and, uh, at this point in time, you know, you think about breweries per capita is a statistic that people talk a lot about in the industry and, you know, how many breweries are there in any given city per, you know, per million people or per 10, you know, hundreds of people. And with, with eight and a half million or whatever the number is, don't quote me on that for New York city statistics and the five boroughs, there's only about 35, 37 breweries here in the city. And that's incredibly low in terms of, um, you know, relative density um, across the United States. And that's one of the reasons why I think you're seeing a lot of growth all of a sudden. Um, there's breweries who have suddenly realized, like, wait a minute, there's an opportunity here. And a lot of challenges. And, of course, it, you know, and yet the reason it's only 30 is because it's still very expensive. It's still very complicated to get to get the materials and, and you know, be able to get labor and balancing your budgets and just real estate. It's really just... Um, very challenging. And one thing I want to add, because we've done a lot of shows about zoning and manufacturing mm-hmm. in, in New York City, and I don't want to tell you the secret. As more breweries are, are opening, somehow, usually a different agency figures out, oh, there's something that we have never either you know, permitted before or asked to be permitted. And that's what usually happens is you, 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 mm-hmm. you've got 20, 30 breweries opening, and suddenly one of the city agencies will say, oh, you guys have to do this, and no one's ever asked that before. And that's the scary part: is, is the, as things become more successful, the regulations kind of tamp mm-hmm. it down. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, definitely. I mean, again, the, the city is always behind on any mm-hmm. trend, and I think that has to do a lot with the fact that we don't have enough young people in office. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, you know, I, I think that the city finally is recognizing the amount of breweries that are opening. The state is actually recognizing yeah. that, and they're at the table. Um, so you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see on what the city comes up with to and and putting up that support base to making sure that these guys continue to grow. And then, Rafael, I want to ask you, you know, you've been able to, to travel a little bit. Um, some other cities have kind of set the bar for the nightlife office. Tell us about that, the other cities that are inspiring what you're doing and that you, you guys will look to influence as well. Yeah, I mean, so the nightlife office uh, came, off an idea, came off of an idea that started in Amsterdam, and they created the first night mayor. And the job of the nightmare in Amsterdam, as we know, is probably one of the most controversial night has one of the most controversial nightlife scenes in the in the world. Uh, was to build relationships between the community and the businesses, uh, decrease quality of life issues and concerns while while increasing the quality of the businesses that exist there. So, uh, I took that idea from that from that city, and the and and uh, after we implemented it here in New York City, L.A., D.C., New Orleans, uh, Pittsburgh. Have all been working to create their own nightlife commission. The nightlife so just offices. in the last year, right. just in the last year, wow. and it's it's, awesome. it's it's super exciting to see that. But I see it as competition as well, <laughs> right? We have to make sure we stay ahead, mm-hmm. make sure we continue being the most interesting city because now we have other cities that are hip to the movement mm-hmm. and want to make sure that they, they they become the best city. In the so we like breweries, we like distilleries, we like all that stuff. What are some of the, the aspects of New York City nightlife that stands out for you? And we'll we'll ask everyone in the room too. Rock and roll, pizza, and beer. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Roberta's. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Can I just ditto that? <laughs> it's like this. It's the same. It's same thing. Yeah, I think. I think you're just looking for some place that's like you. You want that like cultural. Uh, inspiring place. It, it actually doesn't matter. I think rock and roll represents just like <laughs> an idea, right? It's like all those things. Is it inspirational? Like, are you going somewhere where like you could be a 23-year-old kid and see the future of your life? Like when you're growing up, you're looking for yourself. You're trying to find what it is that you want to do. And like, that's why you're out searching for these things. And that's what made New York great. For me, I came here in my, my early 20s. I think I was 21 years old. And like, I learned I learned, I learned, I'm, I'm 40, I learned a lot of things about my life. And, and like, I learned it from all of this stuff, being able to go out and just find things that interested me. Pete, mm-hmm. anything about New York nightlife that inspires you? I don't know. I don't really have a nightlife anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you got couch, kids, couch, don't you? Me my, too. No we, kids. I just work too much, and I, my couch is pretty comfortable. <laughs> we, that was, I shouldn't ask everybody. Forget it. Your rest of you guys are cut off. Dank IPAs. That's what I Dank. like. And is there another beer, Joel? You're trying to redo the sampler in Star Street in Bushwick. You're adding art components, you know, some cool stuff. Um, Where do you think the future is for nightlife here? 
And it can be in a place like yours. It's kind of like a I mean, beer yeah, bar that's a gallery. Exactly. I like the art gallery aspects mm. a lot. Yeah. We're pushing the buttons of what people are scared to do. We did Black History Month with three African-American brewers or black brewers. We did Omni Polo from Sweden, uh, Ethiopian Brewer. We did Brooklyn Brewery, Harlem Brewery. And then we did put a bunch of dope-ass fucking graffiti artists from Brooklyn and the Bronx and all over there were black. Because it's like... We need to represent like all cultures as one. In order to become one, it's to bring everybody at full scale. So March is Women's Day, International Day. We gave girls a whole month. I'll give a girl a year <laughs> because they deserve that. They really put in work. People like Anne from Fiberl, Anne from fucking Treadwell, like all these girls grinding and doing their thing and like representing beer and representing art. She wrote from Japan that just did an installation in our spot. Like, so you're like a, you're a platform, but also yeah, uh, just it I posted from you guys. So the the graffiti artist was it uh, Dos Dos Walnuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he did some really 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 dope shit, and he was part of the whole February month thing. Yeah, and then we'll do Cinco de Mayo with like fucking drinkable lagers and fucking crazy cholos with like their top button opened up teas. And I'm shit. going to that. Yeah, like, <laughs> do some margaritas and shit. Just but like that, that, constantly that, that's changing the aesthetic and giving back to the community. Props to Joel because he mm-hmm. he just kind of reopened Sampler, and in the context of what we we're talking about for the show, you reach out to us and. You know, to me, that's what Knife Life is about, too. You know, you're, you're going to have art, you're going to have music, you're going to have culture. Exactly. Even though you're focused on, on beers, you know, you go beyond that. And that's also what I like about the brewery spaces. And we're talking about yeah. what the Nightlife Office does. You know, Brooklyn Cider House just opened out here. Every brewery is a space. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, you know, that you've got occupancy. You can host things. I mean, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you guys host? I mean, we've done all kinds of things. You know, we do. Um, we did a really cool series with the Audubon Society, Pizza Big Bird Watcher. I'm talking about Pete for a minute here. And uh, Bird Lover and, and, you know, the Audubon Society um, came in, did a beer collab with us called Safe Flight. Uh, we did it last fall, screened a, a really cool documentary um, to raise awareness um, about the work that they're doing and um, brought a whole bunch of people in, did a, did a, did a little kind of Q&A. Um, that was pretty, pretty awesome. We host, um, uh, there's, some, there's, a, there's a, a local group that's really uh, working with uh, on the waterways and on the um, on the on the kills and trying to kind of like raise awareness about um, water health in 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 the Bushwick neighborhood, um, they came in and did a cool event with us. Um, we got the Providence House, um, which is an awesome charity um, that uh, helps out homeless people. They're going to come in and do a fundraiser at our space um, in a month or two, and you know we we we've done. Um, Bottle shares for 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 beer lovers, homebrew parties, and yeah, we so you guys are parties. community space. We love the community. That's sometimes a big part of our sometimes tent. you just need to have a video camera in here and watching Jimmy just like <laughs> sign language. He's seriously trying to get shit. like somebody's yeah. talking. He's, just he's trying like to get a beer. maneuvering, he's mad gang signs up, like, <laughs> pointing at microphones. I'm like, so what, what gang are you? What gang are you? Like, in, nobody knows what he's talking about, but he's like, if you had a camera on Jimmy right now, it would have been the most amazing thing you ever saw. He just like navigated all types of things just using his no, own but I'm like you I talk with my hands right, right it's amazing yeah, to see a dope ass fucking brewery like KCBC finally open in Bushwick and do beer so well and like Chin-chin. pay attention to detail have well, DJs baby. have pop up chefs and like they're literally, I love them so much. Like they're a good space. But what is Bushwick? Why is so, he giving me money? You know, <laughs> Bushwick. He just passed the twenty. Like I gotta cut you, boy. Wait, you got there's new breweries. There's Brooklyn Cider House, KCBC, Grim, Evil Twins supposed to open. You know what is Bushwick, East Williamsburg? You know, is Grand Street stop on the L? Is that I Bushwick? Mean, t- technically, 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 don't hate me. I mean, Bushwick <laughs> starts on the on the Flushing line. Yeah, right. this is Go actually East Williamsburg. This is East Williamsburg here. I still, I still actually, can, I, I still actually call this the E-Whip because this is the East Williamsburg Industrial Park. This is actually a section of East Williamsburg that's d- differentiated. So from on the, the whole- corner, that what's the meat company? The everyone knows it. The famous Bo- meat Boar's 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 head. head. Yeah, their plants right here, right? Yeah, across the street. Yeah, that's crazy. But I this mean, is, this is this is a this is a weird place. And I like, think that oh yeah, Raphael is really important to us here. But I really. think I think if you're an, if you're an old school New Yorker from Brooklyn, you would say anything in this area would be Bushwick. 
you know. So yeah. you go back is, way, way back. Bushwick. Then Bushwick was but, but if you go, but if you go way it. back, nobody even talked about this neighborhood <laughs> yeah. because you know what happened here? Like there was hookers and there was like people making there was people making like nuts and bolts. Like a lot of this stuff was like metal working and like a lot of this was like really heavy, heavy. What, industrial. Wasn't Roberta's like an auto repair shop or something? Yeah, well, where the takeout and delivery was Oshots. He actually moved to East New York, Best Auto. And um, he and, and he was like a great friend of ours as well. Like he really helped us like in the early days of everything. And and again, this goes back to like knowing your neighbors and why they're important. And like it got too expensive for him. He had to move to East New York. But this whole compound was was uh, like um, they they were doing tap and die. So this was all manufacturing. This was all they were making nuts and bolts in this place. And this is like really heavy like industrial neighborhood. You see, there's three concrete factories in this neighborhood this this section right here the, the east williamsburg industrial park is a weird zone that nobody wanted to claim mm -hmm. and like when we came here we were like fuck it we'll put our flag here but nobody really wanted to be like <laughs> you know nobody wanted to be like yeah this is where we're going right what, here what years you open 2008 or seven? Ten years? Yeah, 2008. I remember I, there, there was a woman I knew from the food scene that she was like oh, i'm working at this pizza place <laughs> called roberta's do you and laugh at her? <laughs> no, I don't laugh at people, but I didn't know where the hell it was, and I'd never been out here. But, uh, Zach, your place, so on Troutman Street, the yeah. Jefferson stop, what did you, what, what was your building before you guys opened KCBC? Uh, I mean, it was just a warehouse. I think this dental supply company was in there, and then back before that, the place was kind of falling down. Our landlord bought it for, I don't know, pennies, I'm sure, because um, he, you know, it was, it was falling apart, and he came in and was like, this is an opportunity, and... Um, the neighborhood's obviously, you know, changed a lot. I think in the ten years since he since he took it over, and um, I mean, it's it's blown up right now. It's cool, you know. The Bushwick Collective is, you know, all those all a lot of the graffiti is kind of in and based in and around there. Um, Joe's project that he kind of curates, and um, there's they have a block party every year. Um, there's 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 new restaurants and stuff going in. Seems like every other month no, or so. That's amazing. Let's get um, Raphael. So last couple of things. So you know, Faro's cool. Awesome. Behind the Nightlife Initiative, some of the the DIY spaces, which which are like kind of like a lot of us have opened a space where we care. We 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 we're hosting cultural things. Maybe we're serving food and drink. Um, you know, what are some places that are on the verge of closing or have closed that you wish? you could save I mean or maybe it's too late yeah I mean I say this with a heavy heart actually this morning Silent Barn on Bushwick Avenue announced they're closing uh, really? April 30th uh, and because they couldn't get the economics to work mm -hmm. so um, I mean there's there's a lot of great places around there's still market the market hotel mm -hmm. Trans Picos that yeah. run a lot of great shows and they've got a, KCBC down there KCBC yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they gave a platform for a lot of the young artists in the area looking for a place to showcase their music to perform but to see some some place like Silent Barn that was that you that used their their dollars to become legal to operate under the city's um, laws and regulations to close their doors kind of sends a signal that mm -hmm. the city needs to act quick, you know. And I'm hoping with the announcement of the new nightlife mayor last week that they actually get to work and figure out how the city can support those spaces mm -hmm. instead of, um, you know, increasing regulations. Well, that's it, like what, what Brandon yeah. was saying about being sure. a 40-year business, you know, maybe we need to go back and think that way because I, I forgot that that could even happen. And yeah. you guys are heartening and giving me hope for... But it's city. but it's the business that just want that like just wants to be there for the term of their five year lease that's actually detrimental to all of this stuff. It's the business that's like in it for a money grab. That's like I'm just going to take advantage of a of a of a cheap rent and a poor neighborhood, and I'm going to use this five years to like make a money grab. Those are detrimental to the to the cultural fabric of a neighborhood, and those are the things that that you shouldn't be looking for. Like if you if you're not going in expecting to be a long term tenant and to make long term like an investment and put some skin in the game and really go in for it then you're in it for the wrong reasons and I think those are the things that actually like detract from from what a neighborhood community yeah, is I know we're going to shut down soon but last uh, this is some of the special Roberta's Gives us this awesome air conditioner. You guys are awesome. But dank Except IPAs. It was 86, okay. 86, 86, 86. Is there a little bit of cynicism in that? No, I love you, man. Be beer, uh, beer stuff. So, who loves dank IPAs? Uh, Joel, everyone. I know you do. What are some others that uh, you might recommend before we sign off? Because this was an awesome one. Thank you, Pete and Zach. I mean, it's about making drinkable beer. KCBC makes a thing that doesn't taste like just straight up powder. 
and hot powder. It's about making the little malt character kind of blend with the IPA and be clean and drinkable. I mean, obviously, we love all the half, Finback, Single Cut, Killsboro, Gun Hill. The list, literally anybody that is And we know today. that you know. New York's it's making so great good. beer. Yeah, New York City's got. Everyone's Braven. making good fucking beer. Braven Bushwick Pilsner. Mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> he likes that one. <laughs> but they got to make it in Brooklyn I first. Mean, so. You got to make more than three beers to be legit. We're diehard. We, and Rafi, we're a diehard about the places that are making in Brooklyn, making it in New York City. Yeah, it's a lot harder. And uh, Brandon, we're going to go uh, inside, have a little pizza at Roberta's and sit and talk. Uh, what, what on draft should I be drinking tonight? Or, or in can? You had some great beers earlier. That uh, I mean, uh, the first one I'm going to recommend is, uh, is the LIC um, Pizza Gate. It's so good. Yeah, <laughs> which is the DDH. Like, uh, just, a, just a cool beer. Again, like, I think it comes back to this like whole, uh, I hate to even call it a trend, but it's just like a drinkable beer. And mm-hmm. I think, I think like, on the West Coast, like, like where, where, where a lot of this really kind of like formulated Stop. from and started from, like, they just pushed hop, hopness and like, and like really strong flavors to the like fullest extent, which was super cool and like great for beer. But I think like the New York style is more refined, and I think what they're trying to do is bring it back to to kind Pilsners of Pilsners and yeah, and man. Pale we took it back. Some of that bottle some of that bottle. <laughs> we let them rock for ten years. Some of that like bo- you know, it's Look, like Brandon. I'm I'm signaling. Yeah, Cheers. Yeah, okay, we're gonna wrap it up. Woo. And big shout out. Woo. The big event coming up is our annual seventh annual Brisket King NYC, and it's very relevant this week because. You know, there's some controversy about, oh, what's the best barbecue? Is it Brooklyn or is it Texas? And and the mayor actually said it was Texas. But it's more than that. The whole brisket scene in New York City is based on the ethnic cultures that we have. And, and the Jewish kosher guys have been making some of the best yeah. brisket in New York City. So April 25th, brisketking.com. You're all invited. I know you're going to be there. Mm-hmm. You're going to take a taste a mix of barbecue and other sh- creative chefs and kosher chefs. It's, it's the night to be out. So everyone, let's go around the room one more time. Say your full name and where you're working, and we're going to do a sign-off. Zach Kenny, KCBC. You know I love you, man. These guys started yeah. as homebrewers with a vision of a brewer's collective. Uh, Luke Bim Lafontaine from Godspeed Brewing, Toronto. Thank you, guys. Uh, it was amazing listening Welcome to Welcome and good luck yeah, with cheers. Godspeed. Cheers, thank you. Joel Suarez from the Sampler Bushwick, right around the corner from my brother. And what's your Instagram? At the Sampler BK at Uptown underscore Uptown, Ailes, where I it. talk Uptown shit Ailes. about the right. beer industry. Pete Langell, KCBC. Who's been traveling the world making beer? And this guy, crazy guy. Brandon Br- Br- Hoy, Roberta's. I'm not going to say anymore. <laughs> First time ever on Beer Sessions Radio, man. He's good. I'm Rafael Espinal. You can find me on Instagram, RL Espinal. And I'm having an event on April 4th celebrating the night, especially the Brooklyn nightlife at the Market Hotel. Cool. Excellent. And you're going to share that on Instagram and everything. So, guys, thanks for coming out. Big shout out to our producer, Justin Kennedy, engineer, David Shore. And then we got, I don't know what it's called, the studio anymore. It's Katie and Eliza, the HRN team who uh, so inspires us and keeps this all going. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Shout out to Jimmy, too, man. Jimmy, come on. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.